Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Tuesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Today, we'll be focusing on the value of taking some personal time from our daily routine and putting ourselves first to re-energize ourselves. Chicken Soup latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Making Me Time 101 Stories About Self-Care and Life Balance is the perfect companion to facilitate the process of making you happier, less stressed, and healthier. Amy and I will be having a conversation about some of the 101 compelling true stories of people who experience huge changes in their lives after prioritizing self-care. Good morning, Amy. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I am fine. Thanks for having me on. This will be my me time for today, my one hour getting to talk to you. Fantastic. I love it. I love it. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me to talk about Chicken Soup for the Soul, Making Me Time. The book is very inspiring. Congratulations on its release, which happens to be today. So I wish you tons of success. Oh, thank you so much. Wonderful. How can the stories about making me time help readers? I'm sure you agree with me. We all know we're supposed to build self-care and me time into our schedules. But sometimes you just have to read stories from people who have already done it, who tell you, look, here's what happens if you don't engage in that self-care. Here's how I did it. Here's how I made it a habit. Here's how my life has changed for the better as a result. We all need to see other people achieving that self-care and that work-life balance and that equilibrium in their lives. That's what I love about what we do at Chicken Soup for the Soul, where we pr- provide you with, you know, 101 mm-hmm. examples of people doing this thing that you know you should do because everybody's <laughs> psyche needs a different kind of me time, right? So at least yeah, we have 101 yeah. different examples here, and probably something in this book is going to resonate with you, and you're going to say, that's how I'm going to get me time into my <laughs> schedule. That's how I'm going to change my life. That's true. Very, very true. Did you learn something new or special when selecting the stories for this collection? Yeah, you know, you always know what you should do, but you need to be forced to do it. Mm -hmm. So when I work on one of these collections, I mean, I put making me time on the chicken soup for the soul schedule because I know it's something we all need to do, but because, and that basically (laughs) means that I knew it was something I needed to do. So I always learn something because it always drives home what I kind of knew already, but then I get all these new ideas for ways to do it. And I mean, one of the things I learned from this was how many people during the pandemic have rediscovered nature, which it's very much right. what happened for me and my husband. And mm-hmm. so it ended up kind of validating the experience that we've had, but also making me feel like this is something we have to keep doing after the pandemic. Also, we have to get out in nature more and enjoy nature and gain that sense of perspective you get when you walk outside and, you know, there's big trees around you that you know, mm-hmm. were around before you were born and will be around after you're gone and, Right. It really helps to re it, it resets you, right? It makes you feel a little less important, you know, and it makes your problems a little less important. <laughs> very, very true. That's so true. One of the things that happens when you do that is somehow for some reason you don't want to be disturbed. You don't want any phone calls because you're absorbing your surrounding, which a different level of awareness, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, the Japanese call it forest bathing, shinbin yoku, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's actually part of the Japanese health system because there's actually been scientific studies that have shown that when you get outside and you're surrounded by trees, and they said you could even just be looking at trees from your office window or from your living room window, but just being among the trees or even looking at the trees, there's measurable health benefits from that. 
So I've noticed, I mean, I live up in New England, and it's cold, mm-hmm. like it's been snowing <laughs> all day. And it's been snowing, like, all January, right? It looks like it's going to continue right. in February. And um, I noticed, though, that we're all getting outside more anyway. We're being a little less wimpy about getting outside because we don't really have anything else to do. But we're discovering, <laughs> oh, we can go outside when it's cold, you know? Mm-hmm. We, we learn that. And so um, I think that that's a great thing that will be hopefully a holdover from the pandemic that we'll always all be spending more time outdoors. And I was amazed at how many of the people in our book reported that getting outside in nature was their solution and their preferred Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. of engaging in self-care. When you do that, did you feel like all of a sudden you kind of go back in time when you were a kid where things are a little bit different because they're slower, Back then, and so you are able to enjoy the magic to kind of rekindle the feelings. I hope that makes sense what I'm talking about. Yeah, you disconnect from the human world a bit because now you're mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the animal world where you're just another animal. <laughs> so the squirrel is an animal, the bird is an animal, right. you, the human, yeah. are an animal, and you're yeah. all animals among the trees and the other vegetation and it really does make you feel more attuned to the other animals as well and more like a part of a community. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and then you're probably still carrying your cell phone with you, but hopefully ignoring <laughs> it. Or if you're, maybe you're using it to take pictures of the beauty around you. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay use for your cell phone, right? Instead of carrying a yeah. camera, you can do that. Um, yeah, I think it's been, I don't know. I've noticed here people are much hardier and they're going outdoors at, during all kinds of weather and right. really committed to it. I mean, are you finding that you're doing that down in Texas also, just spending more time outdoors during the pandemic? Yes, I do. And as a matter of fact, what's interesting is that talking about squirrels, all of a sudden when you think about it, it's that moment in time, the quietness, you realize that your true neighbor are actually the squirrels. <laughs> Not your next door neighbor kind of thing. I hope that makes sense. It the, makes the... total sense. <laughs> yeah, I live, we live here in our house, and yeah. our neighbors are a beautiful pair of cardinals, a male red cardinal, yeah. and, then his, and then the female cardinal is more of a brown color with just a little mm-hmm. bit of red, and they're at our bird feeder every day. And then we have a whole big flock of Harris sparrows, and then we have a flock of black chaps. Black cat mm-hmm. chickadees, and I have to tell mm-hmm. you, like, I knew what cardinals were before, but I couldn't have told you the names of all the birds before. And now right. I know the names of all the birds, and because, yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't get to see anybody else, so. Right, right. <laughs> the birds are our new, they're, they're our new friends and neighbors, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I get. I mean, I have a tree, which is right outside of my window as I'm doing this interview with you. It's a huge tree. Somebody have told me, like, it's about two to 300 years old. The squirrels run up and down, and once in a while, they'll peek looking at me. And so I'll take a photo and send it to a friend and say, look, my neighbor is checking me out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're outdoor dining now. They're at the bird feeder. <laughs> We're watching them. <laughs> Please tell us about the book cover and the beautiful picture selected for the various chapter dividers. I know Chicken Soup does a tremendous job nowadays with your books. It's just amazing. It's really, really wonderful. It's very warm to hold it in the hand yeah we we really work hard on our covers and this is a really cool cover because it's a white background with just this soothing cup of coffee on it and then in the coffee we wrote as if we were like the um you know the barista Mm -hmm. who wrote making me time um and it's funny without naming names we had been told that one particular retail retailer wouldn't order dirty in the store. Really? Said, oh. So we tried every other, yeah, we tried every other color, you know, and, and we just said, you know what, we're just going to have to not sell the books to that particular yeah, retailer yeah. because we really like this white cover and I'm getting a lot yeah. of positive comments on it. So guess mm-hmm. who ordered it? That retailer. <laughs> so I'm glad we stuck to our guns. We made our beautiful white cover with our cup mm-hmm. of coffee on it, because it's very serene and kind of fresh. Right. And then inside, because we are a book company, um, mm-hmm. we decided we would show a woman having my favorite kind of me time, and that is reading a book. <laughs> so 
I must, I must confess we were, you know, shamelessly mm-hmm. mercenary in choosing our illustration inside. We, we we're highly <laughs> recommending that people read a book for their new time. <laughs> so true. It is beautiful. It's very soft, very calming. That's the whole idea. Thank you. I'm so glad you like it because we work really, really hard. Sometimes we'll have <laughs> 50 versions of a book cover before we find oh my one gosh. that everyone agrees on. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. sometimes I think our poor graphic designer just wants to you know, <laughs> throw in the towel and I have to talk him through it. And it always ends up being worth it because we get such great covers. That's beautiful. Can you share with us the various topics that are covered in the book? Yeah, we really cover every kind of care and me time and balance. And so in the first chapter, we kind of talk about mind, body, and spirit and all the different ways that people kind of get that in order. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. that's meditation, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's other things. And then the second chapter is called To Do and You, and it's really about how it's not selfish to engage in self-care and how you really need to put your me time on your to-do list. Mm-hmm. And then in the third chapter, we have something that I think a lot of people, especially women, have trouble with, and that is asking for and accepting help. Because mm-hmm. I don't know why, like mothers think we need to be martyrs and And we also don't really understand that if we walk in, you know, the door from the garage Mm -hmm. carrying groceries, that the rest of the family won't just intuitively understand we need help. Like we have to say, (laughs) hey, can you guys help me bring the groceries in? Otherwise, the teenagers just sit there and, you know, the husband's doing something else that's very important. But you have to ask for help. And so this could be the most useful thing in this book for some people a whole chapter about asking for help and accepting help and how that's a good thing. Yeah. And then chapter four is about self-discovery and people engaging in this new time and using it for travel or a new sport or some new healthcare practice and rediscovering themselves. And then chapter five is stories from people who thought that if they engaged in self-care, they were somehow being selfish and chapter five actually has a bunch of stories that make the point that no, you will actually be better at helping your family members, your friends, your colleagues, if you do engage in that self-care. And then Mm -hmm. chapter six is about cleaning up your life, decluttering your calendar, decluttering Mm -hmm. your list of friends, decluttering your home. And and it's called declutter, detox, defend because once you've cleaned everything up you got to keep it that way Mm -hmm. and then chapter seven is about volunteer work because for a lot of people that me time happens through volunteering so chapter seven is called giving your time with joy and then chapter eight is again my attempt to say to people self-care is not selfish it's actually good for you so chapter eight is called you deserve it (laughs) chapter nine is about personal space. And that is people who have found, you know, that place to go off and be by themselves, that little corner of their home that's mm-hmm. just for them, or that need to go away for one day, just one day to get away and, <laughs> you know, be in a hotel room for one night where nobody else is telling you what to do. Chapter 10 is called Pursue Your Passion because a lot of people end up realizing, oh, that hobby I gave up a long time ago that I really loved that's my me time. And they start Mm -hmm. re-engaging in that passion. And then chapter 11 is called we time because sometimes Mm -hmm. you don't only need me time, but you need we time. And that could be special time with friends, with a partner, with a Mm -hmm. child. So I wanted to address that also. So we really cover a lot of topics in this book and I'm really proud of this book because it covers so many different ways that will work for people to engage Mm -hmm. in their own best form of self-care. Wonderful. Well, let's talk about you. How about your me time? So you mentioned before how, you know, when you're a kid and you go outside Mm -hmm. to play and all of that. So I don't know, probably heard this, but people say that 
the best thing you can do is the stuff that you loved to do when you were 10 years old. Mm-hmm. So what I loved doing when I was 10 years old was playing outside and taking long walks in the woods. I also loved reading. And sometimes I would take a book and go outside and climb a tree and read a book in a tree. So I combined outdoors with reading. <laughs> and I have to say that my best forms of me time today mm-hmm. are being outside. I love hiking in the woods and also reading. And then my husband and I will go for long hikes where we'll listen to audiobooks. So that's great because we're combining reading mm-hmm. with being outdoors. So I'm just back to doing what I loved when I was 10 years old. And I don't know if people need a short way, like a quick fix, just mm-hmm. say to yourself, what did I love when I was 10? And then just go do the same thing. <laughs> so true. Very, very true. What advice do you have for someone who says, I really don't have time for me time? <laughs> you know, that's probably the person who needs me time the most, right? <laughs> realize they need it oh my goodness um yeah they totally need me time i guess i would say to them i guess i'd have to just kind of walk them through it like all right Mm -hmm. so are you exhausted at the end of the day do you ever feel like you don't really have any time for yourself um i would say to them what's on your to-do list every day and then they would probably say to me well i guess i am kind of stressed and i i guess i could use me time but i got to get through my whole to-do list first and then i would say to them your me time is as important as breathing, sleeping, mm-hmm. eating properly, taking a shower. Put it on your to-do list. Your me right. time goes on your to-do list just like everything else. I always like to say, like, pay yourself first. You know, like, mm-hmm. pay yourself mm-hmm. your me time first. But I find that I have to put my me time on my calendar or block out a specific time for it. And I think Mm -hmm. anybody who says that they don't have time for me time, definitely that's the person who needs it the most. They need our help the most. So true. That's normal that I get to the point, not necessarily right now, but before it's easy to get all the things done. And before you know it, at the end of the day, you like that flat tire. Okay. That's it. There's nothing for me anymore. Yeah, so some people, they'll get up early and they'll, you know, make sure they get their exercise in first thing. And then Mm -hmm. some people, for me, I'm more of a nighttime person, so I -hmm. like to read from 10 to 11 every Mm -hmm. night. And Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for decades. I basically say, (laughs) like, no matter how much work I want to do, I am not allowed to work past 10 p.m. And recently I changed it to past 9 p.m. Great. And so no matter what's going on, I have to preserve that final hour of yeah. the day for myself. And mm-hmm. I look forward to that. So I think it's really important. And you don't need much. If you know you're going to have even 30 minutes a day, or maybe it's one six-hour block every Saturday, whatever it is, you can look yeah. forward to it all day or, or all week. Right, right. So true. Very, very true. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about some of the 101 compelling true stories of people who experience huge changes in their lives after prioritizing self-care from their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Making Me Time. Let's talk about some of the stories in the book, Amy. Love all the various chapters that you got. Chapter one, beautiful, mind, bodies, and spirit. The story that I really love is My Name by Melissa Face. I love this story by Melissa Face because she has this problem that a lot of moms have where their kids don't even know their name. And so these (laughs) moms during the pandemic are only called mom and mommy and nobody knows their name. And so a few months into the pandemic, Melissa realized that she never spoke to anyone who knew her name. And she'd always wanted to take this writing class, but it involved like finding a babysitter, going at night. But now the writing class was going to be available 
you know, over Zoom. Mm-hmm. So she mm-hmm. signed up for it during the pandemic. And she got such a kick because everybody started calling her Melissa. <laughs> and she was like a person again, you know, a person right, in her own right. 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 But she said, I mean, besides being called by her name, just following her passion finally, that mm-hmm. writing class every week was just two hours that were for her every Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And so it was a great example of pursuing your passion and finding that me time that you look forward to all week long. Right, right. So true. It's more of an identity deal. You're right, because it's like mommy this, mom this, dad this, and so forth. But your name is not mentioned. It's like, it's weird. <laughs> Little kids don't know their mom's name. If you say to them, right. what's your mom's name? They'll say, mommy. You know, they don't know the name of the person. <laughs> so true. Do you have a story that you like in this chapter? Well, so story two, which is called Hello Me, it's mm-hmm. by Cosmo Nicola, And Cosmo is a friend of ours, is also on the board of Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. And I was sitting next to him at a board meeting uh-huh. last year. Wow, it must have been a long time ago because it was when we still <laughs> saw people in person. And he mentioned to me that he, he was raised Catholic, and he mentioned he, was, he had started going to Mass every weekday morning before mm-hmm. going to work. And I thought, wow. that is such an interesting kind of me time. And right. so I asked him to write about it for our book. So when he turned 50 – he realized that even though he was a really successful tech entrepreneur and everybody thought he was doing great in life, mm-hmm. he actually wasn't really that satisfied with his life, even though he seemed to be doing so well, seemed so happy. And he realized he was doing everything for work. For example, when he read the newspaper, mm-hmm. he wouldn't go and read the articles that looked interesting. He would read the articles that he thought would be good for him and good mm-hmm. for his business. So, he started going to mass every morning and then going for breakfast at a diner across the street and just <laughs> became one of the regulars at breakfast at the diner and started making friends with people he ordinarily wouldn't have met. And then he started reading the interesting articles in the newspapers instead of the ones that he thought he should read. And it really changed everything for him. And now he's given up some of his businesses. He's pursuing a long held passion for him. He's, the child of Italian immigrants, and he was raised mm-hmm. with pigeons. And now he's this wonderful hobby of raising champion pigeons. And so <laughs> now he's really engaging in plenty of me time. And right. everybody says he's just a different person now. Wow. That's amazing. That's truly wonderful. Yeah. And just that time out kind of thing, self-introspection, self-reflection, or whatever you want to call it, I guess, it's so enriching. Yeah, it doesn't even have to matter really that he's going to mass. What it is is right. it's a routine. It's time for himself. He doesn't have the mm-hmm. phone. Nobody's talking to him about work. And yeah. it's just time for himself to sit and reflect. And then he has breakfast. And I thought, what a great idea. And it just <laughs> goes to show that everybody's form of me time is different, right? Everybody right. needs Somebody else needs to take a bubble bath three times a week. You know, some people need meditation. I can't make myself do meditation because I'm like, can I meditate while I'm on my exercise bike? No, that doesn't count. You're not allowed to multitask while you're right, engaging in right. meditation. So, but for other people, meditation is life changing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I love about um, our chicken soup for the soul, you know, format, mm-hmm. the anthology mm-hmm. format, because you get all these different ideas from all these mm-hmm. different people. You're going to find something that is going to work for you. So true. So true. Chapter two, very interesting to do and you. And the story I really like is the birds and the bees by Kat Gauthier. Okay. So this was so cute because Cat mm-hmm. actually was kind of upset with herself because she knew she was supposed to come up with me time. Like this was an assignment she gave herself. And so she tried meditating. She didn't like it. She thought, okay, I'll have like tea every afternoon. Realized that wasn't for her. And she kept finding herself sitting on the porch and looking at the birds and the bees and all of nature and just kind of watching nature and then saying to herself, you haven't made any progress on finding your me time. And then she realized, oh, 
Simka, <laughs> sitting on the porch and watching the birds and the bees. That is my me time. I already found my me time by accident. So I thought that was mm-hmm. really cute and a great example that sometimes whatever we're doing to procrastinate, that's our mm-hmm. me time. That's right. That's right. It's true. What, what I like about it is that's when you just like totally shut down. Nice sometimes. I know I do. <laughs> just shut down. Yeah, it's like watching fish in a mm-hmm. tank, whatever. Yeah. You focus on something else. You get you get outside of your own head, and it's mm-hmm. very relaxing. It's like a mini vacation. I like another story in this chapter, too, which is really cool. Dinner with Kay by Brenda Beattie. So, Brenda, this is, a good, this is a good example of your kids not knowing your name. <laughs> so, Brenda was a single mom raising her two kids, and... You know, it was really hard because she was working full time, raising the kids by herself. Um, she got sick, and then she said, "This is ridiculous. I've got to find a better way to do things." So one of the things she started doing once her kids were old enough to, you know, be left home alone, mm-hmm. was she told her kids a couple of times a month that she was going out with her friend Kay, and she would go out for dinner. So when her kids got older, her daughter said to her who was that friend of yours, Kay, who you always went out to dinner with? Brenda said, do you know my middle name? I was going out to dinner by myself. I just needed to get out. I didn't have a friend named Kay. I just went out twice a month by myself, you know, went to the mall, had something to eat, walked around just to have some time off. And I thought, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be anything fancy, your me time, but that's what worked for her. I relate to that story because at one time in my life, it's like, oh, my God, I can't go to the movies by myself. It's crazy, right? It doesn't feel good. And somewhere along the line, especially when the superhero movies came out, <laughs> and this is really funny, I would go to a Tuesday morning matinee at 11 o'clock in the morning, okay, and have the whole theater to myself. I love it. <laughs> That's my My mother time. used to do that. Yeah, she would go to 11, and I think it cost less then also, and she would have mm-hmm. the place to herself. And yeah. she was like, oh, my father wasn't going to go with her, so she just went by herself. <laughs> yeah, after all, you're just watching the movie. You're not supposed to be talking to anybody. Right. I had the whole theater to myself. I have a favorite spot, <laughs> eye level and everything. So it's really That's fun. That's Private screening. <laughs> Private yeah. trainings for Johnny Tan. <laughs> That's right. So it's really, really fun. It's really wonderful. What story do you like most in Chapter 3? I know you talk about accepting help and so forth. That chapter is Accept Help. So share with us the story that you really like in that chapter. So this story, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. It's by Judy Salsowitz, and it's about how she used to do everything herself and it wasn't until her kids were bigger that her husband had said, you know, I never changed a diaper. And she thought, oh, my God, how <laughs> did that happen? Well, it turned out she just never, ever asked for help. And so she finally decided that she would ask her husband for help. And he stepped right up. And he, he did a lot of help. He just hadn't helped before mm-hmm. because she hadn't asked. And so <laughs> that was really a great lesson People really are willing to help. You just have to ask for it. Wow. That's interesting. Very, very interesting. Chapter four, self-discovery. I love this particular chapter. And my favorite story in this chapter is Letting Go of the Reins by Stephanie Nicolopoulos. Yeah, so she um, she went up to Lapland, you know, which is really, really far north. <laughs> and um, she did all these scary things up there, like you know, driving one of those um, dog teams. And um, I actually met her on Zoom the other day because we had a Zoom meeting for our new contributors, contributors Mm -hmm. for whom this was the first Chicken Soup for the Soul story ever published. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, 46 of the stories in this book are by contributors who are new to Chicken Soup for the Soul, which is very exciting. We're always bringing in new people. And anyway, she was telling us about this on the Zoom call. Um, she was from New York, worked in publishing, you know, like mm-hmm, lived mm-hmm. surrounded by concrete and glass, that kind of thing. And she went up to Lapland and got in this, this you know, dog sled thing. 
and mm-hmm. went racing around. It was really, really scary. It was scary, but she was so proud of herself for doing it. It was just so outside her comfort zone. And it was really life-changing for her because when you do something like that, you'll start doing more and more things that are scary, you know, and then your life becomes so much bigger. <laughs> I love that story simply because of Lapland. I remember years ago, you and I did a Christmas book and someone went to Lapland and I'm, that's on my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> to go to Lapland. I remember that it was like Santa's <laughs> real home, right? That she yeah, went and visited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember I that. Do, that. <laughs> do you have a favorite story in this chapter as well? So um, I like this story a lot by Laurie Shepard. It's called A Lost Librarian. Mm-hmm. And um, Laurie went on a trip by herself to Greece. And she was going with a tour group, but she got there by herself, spent the first couple of days by herself, and then joined with the tour group. And it was all Australians, except for Lori, who was from the U.S. But she really engaged in a lot of self-discovery on this trip. You know, she learned what she could do by herself. She got lost in Athens, but found her way out anyway. Um, She said that she really learned a lot about herself and about being flexible and about how great it is to travel. At least for her, that's really how she opens her mind and gains self-confidence. Um, and so she said that she's definitely going to continue planning adventures for herself. That's great. That's really wonderful. And that, again, comes back to the, I can relate in terms of, it's not weird to be doing certain things by yourself. And coming back to the story about going to the movies, you know, it's like, oh, no, uh-uh. And then I realized that, uh-uh, I don't want to have anybody. <laughs> I want to enjoy the movie. And I enjoyed it. And that's my me time. <laughs> something to be said for doing something on, on your own, doing something yeah, on your yeah. own, stepping outside your comfort zone is a really good way to challenge yourself. <laughs> yes, it is. I love this. Chapter 5 talks about self-care isn't selfish. I know that we talk a little bit about it at the beginning of the show, the story that I like is Farmer's Hours by Christina Pastu. So I don't know if you remember Christy. Her last name used to be Glavin, and she used to work for me. And then oh. she went off and did this crazy thing. She had, um, <laughs> she had four kids in like three years because she had twins wow. and then two more. Yeah. So um, what she does is she gets up at five every morning and goes mm-hmm. to a 515 exercise class with a bunch of other crazy stressed moms. <laughs> and this is her me time every day. And getting up that early and carving out that me time for herself makes her feel so much better than if she got that extra hour of sleep. And a lot of people reported that, that getting up an hour earlier made them feel more energetic versus less mm-hmm. energetic because they were doing something for themselves during that extra hour in the early morning. Yeah. Yeah. My mom does that. She was like the early bird and that's her own time that nobody messes with. (laughs) That's the reason why I chose that story. Do you have a story that you like in this chapter? This is one where I think a lot of moms would basically understand this. Mm -hmm. Um, When Wendy Harefield was asked one year what she wanted for Mother's Day, she said she wanted to go away for a night by herself. She'd take the dog, mm. but her husband had to stay home with their baby. And she felt a little guilty about it, but that's really what she wanted. And so she went to stay in her friend's cabin, uh, but then her friend's cabin, there was a mouse, and it, it wasn't right. So she left there, like, in the middle of the night and went and found a hotel. And she and the dog stayed overnight in this hotel that had, you know, a free breakfast in the morning, yeah. And so she, it was just bliss for her to stay one night in this hotel, nobody making any demands on her, have breakfast made for her in the morning, and then drive back home. And that was what she needed. And there was a survey done this year before Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And a pe- women were asked what was their number one wish for a gift for Valentine's Day. And 55% of the women said, they wanted me time, which was a little unfortunate because the um, outfit that conducted the survey was a store that sold that, that sold things. 
That's funny. That really is. <laughs> very, very interesting. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. My guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about some of the 101 compelling true stories of people who experience huge changes in their lives after prioritizing self-care from their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Making Me Time. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Amy, Chapter 6 is wonderful, too. And you talk about that just now, the way your tone, you were really excited about it when you were introducing the various chapters for the book. This one is Declutter, Detox, Defend. I love it. And the story that I like in this chapter is Giving Thanks by Letting Go by Maggie John. Yeah, so this was a really revealing story because she talked about the fact that one Thanksgiving, um, her kids were home for the long weekend from college, and one of her kids had brought um, his girlfriend and her family, and you know Maggie was hoping that the kids would get married, so that these were going to be you know her her co grandparents one day. So she she was excited about meeting them, but there was a family member who Maggie didn't invite, and that was her mom because her mom had a drinking problem and her mom wasn't any good after 12 o'clock. And so Maggie snuck off to call her mom feeling kind of guilty, but she also felt she had to defend the family against this. And so she called her mom and her mom said, you know, she was cooking Thanksgiving for herself and her husband. And, um, and then Maggie said, I love you to her mom, but her mom didn't say it back. And then she said, okay, Mm -hmm. goodbye. And then Maggie felt better. And then she said, it just finally occurred to her that just like the leaves outside at Thanksgiving time were shedding, I mean, the trees were shedding their leaves. Mm -hmm. She just had to shed what she no longer needed and just move forward. And so she kind of came to grips with the fact that she wasn't ever going to invite her mom for Thanksgiving and she made peace with that. But I thought that a lot of people, Mm-hmm. This is part of making me time and self care is yeah. No matter how much you love somebody, if they're bad for you, you need to limit your exposure because you need to detoxify your life and also protect the rest of the people in your life from this mm-hmm. toxic influence. So it's a, that was a hard story to publish, but yeah. I really felt that it was a story that people needed to read. Right, it's true. It's one of those things where how do you draw the line? It's very, very difficult. The reason why I said I love it because then that's a very tough decision to make because you talk about unconditional love. So there is a line, but then the flip side of the equation is I'm doing this out of unconditional love. Hopefully that things will turn around, so to speak. Oh, and I'm sure if her mom became sober, she would be thrilled Mm -hmm. to have her come back. But until she's sober, she can't have her disrupting family events. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So true. Do you have another story in this chapter that you like? Well, there was a story that I thought was really cute because it was about a teenage boy and his dad <laughs> took him off for, you know, a few days of camping out in the wild. And his dad didn't tell him that there would be no cell service where they were going. Uh-oh. And so <laughs> Noam Poletti was so mad. He was furious. He wasn't going to be able to talk to his girlfriend or follow his friends on social media or be in the text <laughs> conversations, et cetera. And so he says that even though he was mad at first, it didn't take long for him to really start enjoying being out in nature and enjoying the peaceful mm-hmm. world that he and his dad were experiencing. And he said that 15 years have passed now because now he's in his early 30s. And he says, whenever I feel like my inner self is slipping, like I'm ignoring the little voice in my head that needs a break, I take a page out of my dad's guidebook. I pack up the tent and I drive until my phone shows those two magic words, no (laughs) service. Isn't that great? That actually looks for opportunities to have no service. Yeah, yeah. That comes back to that full circle in terms of you and I when 
we were talking earlier about like at 10 years old, we don't care about out there. You know what I'm talking about? We are in the moment. That would be the best way to put it. Yeah, because kids just want to be with other kids and want to be part of everything. And they are very insecure about missing anything. They have a real fear mm-hmm. of missing out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he learned a valuable lesson. Um, yeah, let's dare our parents who are listening to take their kids for four <laughs> days someplace with no cell service. No internet. <laughs> let's see what happens. I'll, I'll take a chicken soup for the soul story about that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Chapter seven, giving your time with joy. I like this one. I really do. Redefining doing it all by Haley Moss. So Haley is an interesting person. She's Florida's first openly autistic attorney. And this is a busy, busy, busy woman. Um, so busy, always jetting all over the place. Well, pre-pandemic, you know, but Mm -hmm, serving mm -hmm. on all kinds of nonprofit boards, volunteering wherever she can, plus being a very, you know, active attorney. Um, She has a podcast. She writes articles and books. I mean, she's just incredibly busy. But she also found that it wasn't good for her. Like she was driving herself crazy trying to do everything. And so after she had been through a really exhausting stressful business trip where she pushed herself way too much. She said, you know what? I'm going to take a mental health day. And she took off a work day and she went to a Pilates class. She got a massage. She took a nap. Then she actually drew a picture and colored it with markers. And she says, now she's going to take one day each month for self care. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a great idea. Just she takes one work day off each month, and that's her mental health day. I think we could all benefit from doing something like that. I totally agree with that. When I was actually living right by White Rock Lake, I love it where I just like, okay, today is the day that I'm not doing anything, and I'll be going out walking around the lake about three and a half hours, just enjoying it, being away from everything. <laughs> that sounds great. So- <laughs> it, it was. It was really wonderful. Chapter 8, You Deserve It, Imaginary Holidays by Anne Oakland. That's a pretty cool one. So this was cute because Anne mm-hmm. was working full-time, also going to college and going through a divorce, and her coworkers kept saying she should take a vacation, and she didn't have the money or the time to go on a vacation. And there, she was really being stressed out by them saying, you have to go on a vacation. So one Friday, a coworker asked her what she was doing for the weekend, and Anne found herself responding with a little fib. She said, oh, I'm taking a mini vacation, just a little weekend holiday. But she really wasn't going anywhere. So then she thought, well, why don't I give myself a little vacation? And so on the way home from work, she stopped at a convenience store. She bought lots of soda and snacks. Mm-hmm. And then she spent the weekend reading novels, drinking soda, eating the snacks that she had bought, you know, no cooking. And when she went back to work on Monday, after her imaginary vacation, her coworkers all said that she must have had a great vacation because she looked so rested. And it just shows (laughs) you can be very creative and you can create that little mini vacation in, in such an easy way. Just taking that weekend off to read and eat junk food. That was her vacation. See, it's what you create. (laughs) It's beautiful. Really, really beautiful. What is your favorite story for Chapter 9? Oh, I am so glad you asked because I think this is such a cool idea. So Lisa Mm -hmm. LaShaw, who's written for us many times, Mm -hmm. she took a closet and she turned it into her own little personal space, right? And I thought, isn't that just so (laughs) clever? Because it doesn't really have to be a big space, right? Mm -hmm, It just mm -hmm. has to be a little space that's your own where nobody can get at you, right? And you can just do what you want and feel serene. It could be a corner of a room. It could be a corner of the basement. It could be a little space in the shed out, out and back. Whatever it is, it's your little space. That's true. Very, very true. 
what's great about that is that the way she created it's that it's my fun space. That's what I get out of it. Yeah, because you're decorating it just for you, and you can mm-hmm. do whatever you want in there. Yeah, people talk about that all the time. I think there's things called, um, well, like there's the man caves, and then there's also something <laughs> called she sheds for women. Really? Take, like an outdoor shed and turn it into their place. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's very interesting. That's really, really cool. Chapter 10, this is really cool. You know me about dancing. Pursue your passion, and the story is Dancing with the Anxiety Monster by Juliet Huang. So Juliet lives in Singapore where she's a teacher mm-hmm. and she finds her work weeks are very stressful. She gets up at 5.30, she goes to school. There's tons of work to do at school. She has to do extra help for the kids. It's just stress, 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 stress. And she lives all week thinking about how on Saturdays she's going to ballet class. And that is her me time. Because, you know, I said doesn't have to be mm-hmm. every day. It could be one block of time a week that you look forward to. But that's Juliet's uh, way that she kind of calms down what she calls the anxiety monster. It's going to that Saturday ballet class. I can relate to that story in the sense of I was educated in Malaysia. And believe me, the academic system over there is intense. <laughs> and Singapore is just south of Malaysia. So I can definitely relate from the standpoint of teachers having the pressure, and they do. Guess what? The students love it anyway, because the teachers are really so intense from that perspective. Chapter 11, what is your favorite story? Being that I know you love the we time, so what's the story that you want to share with us? So, you know, your we time, your me time can really be your we time, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be just with a family member. It could be with friends. And so um, Louise Butler actually talks about the fact that she has been doing something for 45 years. She's been playing bridge with the same friends once a month. And these relationships with her friends have outlasted many of her friends' marriages. And the ladies get together every month that, you know, they take turns hosting it at their houses and they go to the Lake of the Ozarks every summer for a weekend too. It's not really about bridge anymore. It's about their relationships because they've all helped each other through, you know, all kinds of life events. And so that's, that's what she looks forward to every month, having that wee time with her very best friends. That's wonderful. Well, there's nothing wrong with that because that's recharging your battery, but you're among the people that there's no stress. Yeah, these are the ladies who have known her for 45 years. They've lived through everybody's ups and downs, and they have no mm-hmm. secrets from each other. So these are the people who accept her for who she is and understand her the best. Wonderful. What can we expect from Chicken Soup this spring? I think that we're ha- we have a pretty good spring lineup. In, mm-hmm. um, in May, we have a book coming out called – no, actually, it's coming out in April – we moved it up, I see. Um, it's called Be You, and it's all about mm-hmm. women uh, being themselves, not trying to be somebody who they aren't, but just being happy with who they are. It's a very empowering book. And then in May, we're putting out another humor collection. It's called Read, Laugh, Repeat. It's really cute. You remember how <laughs> last year we had um, Laughter is the Best Medicine, and that was yeah. such a big yeah. hit for us. So uh-huh. this is that again. I think that people are really looking for some funny stories right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then to finish off the spring in June, we're coming out with a book called I'm Speaking Now. Black women share their truth in 101 stories of love, courage, and hope. Really cool book. We are just sending it to the printer tomorrow, actually. And this book has 101 stories and 12 poems, and the poems are all kind of in that same vein as Amanda Gorman. You know, really yeah. amazing, yeah. really powerful, honest, raw poems, and the stories are all like that too. It's really a great book. I'm really excited about it. Um, it'll be a great book for Black women to share you know, mm-hmm. their stories with each other, but a very important book for everybody else to read also just to understand what it's like to be black in America and Canada with systemic racism and all the other things that are going on and the everyday struggles 
And then the book has a lot of humor in it and stories about hair and food and, you know, <laughs> grandmas and everything else. So it really is a mix of from the very serious to the very light and fun. But I'm very proud. It's a real passion project for me, that book. So that's coming out on June 1st. Fantastic. That sounds really, really wonderful. Well, Amy, what would you like to share as recipes for living with our listeners this morning? Well, I'm kind of, I guess, energized by this Making Me Time book. So mm-hmm. I guess my recipe for living right now would include making sure that you put me time on your to-do list or on your calendar so that it's truly there and it has to be checked off your list like everything else. Another recipe for living would be to empower yourself to go and ask for help and also to accept help. Um, Another thing would be to clean up the garden of your life, you know, weed the garden of your Mm -hmm. life, remove the people who don't make you happy, add in the people who do make you happy, remove the stuff from your house that doesn't bring you joy. Um, And then we haven't talked about it today, but another really important ingredient I think for life is to treat yourself as well as you would treat a guest, right? Mm-hmm. That's a really simple mm-hmm. concept, but it's not something that any of us really do. So light that wonderful scented candle just for you, you know, right. use that scented soap just for you. Have that fancy dinner in the dining room instead of the kitchen just for you. Right. But treat yourself the way you would treat a guest. And I think that that will really improve life as well. So those are some ingredients that I think people need for the recipe for happy living. Fantastic. That sounds wonderful. Really, really terrific. Amy, thank you for the great recipes for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning, February 23rd. My guest will be Dr. Alice Fong. She is a neuropathic doctor and the founder and CEO of Amor de Soul Wellness. Dr. Alice and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how you can break free from stress, anxiety, burnout, and optimize your health, increase your focus, energy, and productivity using her five steps holistic process called the Amor System. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. As always, Amy, it's been a true pleasure. Thank you again, and have a blessed day. Thanks so much, Johnny. I really appreciated the time. Wonderful. Thank you.